Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang, and welcome to New Southern Garden. Golly, I can't believe we were just wishing Happy New Year's. And now we're already through the first half of the first month of 2023. Two weeks, right? (laughs) Well, we've got several more weeks to go. I guess about 50, if my math is right. And we are quickly approaching, it feels like, that blessed time of year for all of us gardeners. Spring is just around the corner. Now, it doesn't necessarily feel like that. We've had some crazy weather with heavy rains and then some warm days, but then cool days. Now, I have been looking for really the nursery's sake at the next couple of months because we're going to be bringing in new plants and starting to get ready for spring and I always want to make sure that the weather's going to be decent you know several weeks ago we had that uh, deep sub-freezing temperature period where we probably got as low as six degrees or so and I want to be sure that it's not going to happen again before we start bringing in new things at the nursery so with that being said it appears, you know, these are weather predictions, but it appears like we're still going to be in some cold temperatures, but maybe only as low as 26. I mean, that's um, 26, 25. That's manageable for the things we want to get ready for at the nursery. And of course, that's uh, not too bad for doing things in the landscape. Of course, we want to continue planting plants and getting them their roots in the ground so they can start growing in the warm soil, building strong root systems for spring and summer weather. But, uh, you know, we're not through winter. We're not through winter. It's going to be cold. I really was wondering if we were going to get a decent snow. Maybe you had some snow. I know uh, there was a couple of three weeks ago, maybe. There was a light dusting on the ground in, in patches. It wasn't really snow snow, right? And usually when we have snow, it's this month. It's January. Maybe sometimes in February. But, of course, there's usually just one snow event. And I didn't see that coming up. But uh, that can always change. <laughs> What's the old saying? If you don't like the weather in Georgia now, just wait a day or so. Wait a couple of hours, <laughs> uh, because this week we did have that uh, storm, of course, that came through um, Alabama and all, and caused the destruction of tornadoes, and it was supposed to be um, really severe, and we really, in my part of the world, my part of the state, part of North, Northeast Georgia, it was maybe for a couple of hours or less, uh, maybe an hour and a half, give or take, where we had some heavy rain, and I don't know if the winds actually got as high as they were predicting. Um, but thank goodness it wasn't a disaster everywhere, but of course, really our hearts and prayers should go out to those folks, uh, who are victims of the weather. And of course, it's something that we necessarily don't change, can't alter. 
Uh, we just have to uh, do the best we can to be protected and, and listen to the weather alerts. Listen to the weather alerts. But the weather is unpredictable. But looking at um, what the predictions say, it looks like winter is still going to be here. It's going to be chilly. There are going to be some nice warm days, and there's going to be some relatively cool but not miserably cold nights. And, of course, folks, we're talking about the South. Uh, if you're listening to the program somewhere else, or maybe you live in the South now, but come from a part of the world where winter is different, where winter is cold and snowy all the time, you probably think we're uh, just a little rookies when it comes to a snow. I know folks always uh, give us Southern folks um, uh, maybe a bad name about, oh, we don't know how to drive in the snow, and you get... uh, quarter of an inch half an inch and the entire city shuts down or whatever and that's just our realities we're we don't have the have heavy snow events terrible winter weathers so we don't have all the preparations that maybe folks do up north as far as roads and protecting the roads concerned i think they've increased that you notice along the interstates and highways you see um sort of it looks like a hanger almost, but a cover, and, and they always have the salt and the, the sand or whatever they use on the roads sort of in piles there just waiting for a chance. I don't remember that so much as a, as a kid, but it seems like over time, Georgia has learned that we need to be prepared because even though our winter events aren't quite as dramatic as other parts of the world or nation, uh, we still can be in some trouble. So just keep an eye out on the weather, keep a look on it, but remember, and we've talked about this recently, that even if we get into those sub-freezing temperatures, most hardy plants, if your plant is going to be zoned, the plant you're planting or growing is zoned for, zone, see parts of us are eight and seven and, and into six, maybe higher, If those plants can grow in those zones, then they can handle the coldest average or the coldest temperatures that we've kind of ever had historically. Um, We don't see those six degree temperatures very often like we saw in the past uh, few weeks. But when that does happen, uh, we should be confident in knowing that the hardy plants, the plants that can uh, handle those coldest temperatures that we get, that they'll be fine. We did talk about winter damage, and it's really mainly cosmetic, uh, unless there's a young plant that just couldn't handle uh, that extreme temperature. But with all that being said, keep an eye on the weather, but just know that winter is still a great time to keep planting, to keep doing things. Of course, you've got to be selective. Trees, shrubs, most perennials, all these hardy plants, wonderful to get going. But as we get closer and closer to spring, really watch the weather. Because the box store garden centers in particular, uh, most of your local nurseries are mindful of late winter temperatures going into spring, and they won't be releasing um, the summer annuals. Now, the box stores, I will say, I have seen tomato plants and um, uh, certain flowering perennial uh, annuals in box store garden centers as early as February. And as a nurseryman myself running a plant nursery, of course, you can find me in Flowery Branch, Georgia at Lanier Nursery and Gardens throughout the week. Um, we're mindful of the weather. People will ask us if we have tomato plants on Valentine's Day because at some point in late winter, we start having really spring-like weather. 
But we know, and we're watching, before we bring out these tender, precious crops, we're watching to make sure that we don't have those late freezes. That's one of our biggest problems in gardening in the South. And we've got to be mindful. I've always said that growing in the South, uh, you can almost grow anything, and you can pretty much grow all year. But when God created the world, he said this part of the world is going to be able to do all kinds of things with gardening. But we do have to confess that we have certain problems. And late uh, winter freezes or frosts are a problem for us because even our hardy plants, if we have a nice period of uh, maybe two, three days, sometimes it's nearly a week in February and parts of March where the temperatures are just 60s, almost 70s, and the nights are sort of warm, um, or they may dip a bit. But when we have that kind of warmth this late in the winter, plants start to move. They start opening their buds. They start developing their leaves. Some may start flowering if they're uh, early bloomers like forsythia. And of course, daffodils. I'm already seeing daffodils push up through the ground now. (laughs) And they've started some time back. But when all that starts to happen, we see the growth, we see this activity, and then all of a sudden, boom, one night we get a frost. And that can cause a lot of what we say winter damage to our plants. Because when plants start moving and get growing and all of these wonderful things that we expect for spring, they really can't have that frost or definitely freeze uh, for that new tender growth to be sustainable, viable, to continue to grow. And so that's where we're starting to get into this period of time. This is probably one of the most pins and needles time. Like we're standing on pins and needles waiting to see what the weather's going to do. So we've got to keep an eye on it. Got to uh, listen to uh, all the great weather reporting here, of course, at WRWH 93.9 FM. This is your hometown radio. And you will get the most um, exclusive weather control because reports because you are listening to a local station. I, sometimes I jump over to the Internet and see what the radar is doing, see what uh, the Internet weather channels and AccuWeathers are saying. But you got to listen to the local weather stations. And, of course, UGA helps out with all of this because they've got localized weather stations on different parts of the state, different cities, different towns. And you can always check out the UGA weather reports. Uh, Just Google UGA weather and you'll come up with this uh, form, sort of. You'll have a drop-down list where you select the city that is closest to you. And that's going to get you the most precise information. Now, if you want to take it a step further... Um, well, let's back up. That is good weather reporting because it's, it's as local as we can get. But there are what we call microclimates, right? There are certain areas uh, around your property that are probably going to be different than the UGA weather station uh, that may be several miles away. So with the advent of modern technology, there's always something new to buy, some new device, and you can get weather stations that you can place on your property, in your garden. Um, I don't have one. I've looked into it, maybe eventually. But, of course, there's the Wi-Fi capabilities and being able to see the uh, the reports that how cold did it get last night, what's the wind right now, what's the temperature right now at my garden. Um, it's just amazing some of the things we can do in this 21st century because of technology. And if you're like me, technology's good, when it works. <laughs> uh, when you're running a store like we do at the nursery and all this, we've got these fancy gadgets and gizmos to make the transaction. You know, when I first started working, 
uh, was about 15 years old. I just ran a regular old-fashioned cash register. And that has changed now. That has changed now. We're looking at digital things. And sometimes these devices, they just don't work like we expect them to. Maybe, I'll just confess, maybe it's operator error, right? Maybe it is operator error in many cases. But those localized, or I shouldn't say localized, personalized weather stations are available. They're out there. You can find them at many places online. And you can set them up on your property and actually know what's going on when you want to see it. Uh, what's going on at your place, not just even the UGA weather stations that are uh, several miles away. So we've got to be watching the weather as we come into this part of winter. Um, are we technically in late winter yet? Probably not. I always describe it as February and March uh, because sort of like December and January are sort of the early parts. So hopefully we won't have... Um, <laughs> I hate to say it, I like for the weather to be comfortable, but hopefully we won't have too warm of temperatures because, again, that will just stimulate our plants to start growing, to start doing their spring thing. And it's undoubtable that we'll have some freezing temperatures, hopefully not too low. We're looking at 25, 26 right now, uh, even into February. But I hope, I hate to say it, I hope it's not too warm (laughs) of a winter because winter is good. Winter is good for plants. It, it keeps them sort of hibernating, keeps them asleep. But as soon as we have spring-like temperatures, they're going to want to start to grow. And we don't want that to happen too soon. But all along, like we've said, in the ground, your plant's roots will be growing and developing. So continue to use this part of winter and don't stop. I mean, keep going into spring. But knowing that if you plant trees and shrubs, things that uh, have a larger structure, bigger root systems, they demand more, those plants take longer to establish. And so having a couple of more months of root growth is really going to benefit them. Well, that's just sort of a reminder of this time of year and what's going on. But today, I really want to focus on some weird stuff very strange stuff. Um, I'll say it all started with, um, I've mentioned my aunt who is a gardener friend, a gardening friend. Uh, We talk a lot about plants. She's growing all kinds of things. uh, And she grows a lot of house plants, a lot of things outdoors. So we always have this communication. But she sent me this Washington Post um, article about talking to your plants. I've heard about people playing music for their plants. And there's some good science on benefits of plants in the same area as nice music and how it affects their plant growth. So today we're going to get a little weird and talk about some strange things and even can plants make music? We're going to talk about that too. So hang on tight. We'll be right back with more gardening. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone. So get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well.
Well, gang, today on New Southern Garden, before the break, I mentioned we're going to talk about some weird things. At least they're kind of weird to me, and they might seem a little weird to you. Some of this is rooted in some some good science, and some are just sort of um, people taking polls and surveys, but there's a Washington Post article that we're going to go through. I'd mentioned before the break that my, my aunt, who's a great gardening friend of mine, will say we always talk about plants, and we both sort of have that passion for plants, but she sent me this article saying this is interesting. Um, this was written by Stacy Colino with the Washington Post on January 11th, and the title is The Case for Talking to Your Plants. Research into whether the human voice helps plants isn't conclusive. Even so, there are compelling reasons that chatting up your potted pals is good for them and you. <laughs> I love the way that this article starts. Um, Stacy says, don't, uh, plants don't interrupt when you're speaking. That's always a good thing. That's why working with plants I've always enjoyed because they can't uh, cuss you out um, and they don't poop on you. You know, they don't, <laughs> they don't do that. So uh, working with animals, they, they do that. Uh, but plants don't interrupt you when you're speaking. They don't argue or ask difficult questions. And regardless of whether they're actually listening, research has shown them to be a calming presence. It's no wonder then that so many of us talk to ours. Let's start off with that question. Do you talk to your plants? I, I don't regularly talk to my plants. I haven't really thought about it. It's usually a one-sided conversation, I guess. Uh, so it doesn't go very far. I don't know some of the things that you would say to your plants, but there are some um, quotes in this article. We'll talk about how certain individuals who were uh, interviewed for this article talked to their plants. So I just wonder if you talk to your plants. Have you ever thought about it? I guess maybe every now and then I've said something to a plant, um, but it's not a regular routine of mine. Maybe it should be. So let's dive into this article a little deeper. In uh, 2022, there was a survey done by trees.com. Now, half of their 1,250 respondents reported talking to their plants and or trees. So that's so 625, 625 people. Now, when those 625 people were asked why, 65%, most of those 625 people, said they believe it helps them grow. Now, that's a belief, right? It's not necessarily science, but people, 65% of 625 people talk to their plants because they believe it helps them grow. Now, the research, though, isn't quite as definitive about that. Some studies have found that vibrations caused by sound do affect plants, but the jury is still out on whether the human voice actually offers any specific benefit. Now, here's a quote from uh, Marquis Matson. She's the um, co-owner, co yeah, co-founder of the blog, The Indoor Nursery. Maybe check that out. But she says she talks to her plants every day because it feels nice. She says, I think plants get a sense of community from my talking to them, and that keeps them going. All right, now someone else, a professor of psychology and environmental studies at Oberlin College in Ohio, her name's Cindy McPherson, France. She says, one thing humans are really good at is anthropomorphizing, I can never say that right, anthropom 
anthropomorphizing, you know what I'm talking about, where we turn something that's not human and give it sort of human characteristics because we do this all the time. We talk to, she says, we talk to all kinds of things that aren't human, like dogs and cats. She says, we're hardwired to project a sentient mind, intentionality, or feelings onto other beings or objects and to want to connect to things outside of ourselves. She says, plants can fulfill that need. So that's a bit of psychology now coming into our house plants, coming into our garden plants, where I do talk to my animals. I had a um, couple of three dogs in my life, and I talked to every one of them. My, my grandmother, she always kept a couple of cats. She had a dog, a little a shih tzu named uh, Buffy. She would talk to her dogs, I don't think that's weird. You probably don't think it's weird if you have animals. But um, to me, talking to, to plants seems a little odd. But we do that as humans, don't we? We do sort of try to put human characteristics to our animals all the time. So maybe it's not too bad of an idea or too, too strange to kind of put human characteristics to plants, to talk to them. Well, Mr. Gladiolia, how are you this morning? I hope you're doing well. You're growing. Your blooms are looking awesome. I, I don't know. Maybe we should do that. But regardless of the science of whether our human voice actually changes plants, the article continues talking about how sound absolutely matters. Now, on the plant side of the equation, a study done by the journal uh, Ultrasonics, that's the name of the journal, in 2003, they investigated the effects of classical music and the sounds of birds, insects, and water on the growth of two plants, Chinese cabbage and cucumber. What was the conclusion from that? Both forms of sound increased the vegetable's growth. So a good science experiment like this would have certain Chinese cabbage and cucumber that grow without the sound, and some of the Chinese cabbage and cucumber, uh, they would be growing with the sounds of classical music, birds, insects, and water. And you compare the two growths. And that experiment showed that both forms of sound, whether it was the classical music or the birds and insects, the natural sounds, both of those sounds helped, or <laughs> I shouldn't say helped, but they increased plant growth. Now, in a 2015 study, so this is a little closer to us, um, that was published by the International Journal of In Integrative Sciences, Innovation, and Technology, researchers exposed marigold and chickpea plants to light Indian music as well as to traffic noise. So they've exposed some plants to uh, what would be sort of pleasing music, right, the the uh, Indian music, but then also expose plants to sounds that generally aren't pleasing to us, at least, traffic noise. And they found that both types of plants, they grew and developed better, gaining increased height, a greater number of leaves than those that were not exposed to sounds, and a healthier look. That's kind of maybe relative there, but um, after being exposed to the music for four hours per day, but not to the traffic sounds. So the pleasing music, we'll say, the pleasing sounds, these plants were exposed to for four hours per day. And they showed growth. They showed better development, bigger height, larger number of leaves, healthier look. But the ones that were exposed to the traffic sounds, the sounds that are noisy to us we just don't like the sound of traffic i don't know if anybody does 
But those plants did not have a better growth. Here's a quote. Plants definitely respond to vibrations in their environment, which can cause plants to grow differently and become more resistant to falling over, says Heidi Appel, uh, a professor of environmental sciences at the University of Toledo in Ohio. She says, those vibrations can come from airborne sounds or insects moving on the plants themselves, and plants will respond differently to tones and music than to silence. That's interesting. Still, she points out, while sound absolutely matters to plants, we don't know if talking to them makes them grow differently. So we can see, we can see here from what research is coming out of Ohio at least, that sound, the sound waves, uh, the music in particular, pleasing sounds, things that are melodic, I would assume, rather than random and just absurd, like traffic, that that does change the way a plant grows. And it's not really just the music either, the sound of insects, right? Uh, sounds of birds, sounds of wind, maybe nature, whatever. So all of this is helping, or I shouldn't say helping, but is changing, affecting the way that plants grow. I find that to be very interesting. I think that is pretty cool. Uh, we do have to go to a break, but we're going to keep on this discussion. I don't know if you're weirded out yet, uh, but eventually we're going to start to uh, get to a discussion on whether plants can make music can we hear sounds that maybe plants make we're going to find out shortly so hang on tight gang we've got a lot of strange things to talk about Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, gang, welcome back for the second half of today's program here on New Southern Garden. I don't think I've ever really talked about uh, my relationship with music. I, I'm not going to say I'm a musician, but I do play the guitar. Uh, and back in middle school, I guess this is where my, where my musical journey started when I was maybe five years old. And my mom introduced me to the keyboard, and she paid for keyboarding classes. It was... Uh, great little school and the instructor taught a lot of kids and I guess that's probably where like getting into music started I didn't do so well I became frustrated finally just flunked out quit <laughs> but by the time I got to middle school I did join the school band and I started playing the tenor saxophone played it all the way through middle school into high school did not continue that uh, into college it was sort of I felt like it was just sort of a you know teenage kind of thing for me but of course I keep playing it today started playing the guitar in middle school and um, continue that probably more so than the saxophone so I've, I have a relationship to music making music but I've never really connected music and plants before and today <laughs> 
that's what we're talking we're talking about some weird stuff but already we've been looking at a washington post journal washington post uh, article it just came out january 11th it's fresh off the presses i guess and the real discussion here is about this article is do plants respond to us when we talk to them I told you, if you're just joining us, I think this topic's a little weird, but it is interesting. So we've already talked about some reports here, some surveys from trees.com where uh, half of their respondents out of 1,250 people, they confess, they talk to their plants and they do it because they think it helps their plants grow better. Well, we've already discussed that the science doesn't necessarily support that it helps them grow better, but the science does show that sound wave, whether it's pleasing music or whether it's the sounds of nature, birds, insects, flapping their wings, whatnot, that can affect the way plants grow. And we were just talking about uh, the professor of environmental sciences at the University of Toledo talking about while sound absolutely matters to plants, we don't know if talking to them makes them grow differently. But she does say that despite the lack of studies and the evidence about the benefits of actually talking to your plants, she says there is one theoretical perk. And that is, if we identify with a living organism that we're tasked with taking care of, we are going to take better care of it. So, for example, if talking to your plants helps you feel more connected to them, you may water them, you may uh, clean their leaves, dust them as sort of like house, if they're house plants, you may prune them more regularly or appropriate times. You may be more conscientious about fertilizer, watering them, and you may take other measures to care for them and actually help them thrive. And it's sort of like, are your plants your pets. My aunt, my, my cousins always make fun of my aunt because she has so many houseplants and, and other things that she takes care of. They always say, those plants aren't even your pets, mom. Those plants are like your children. You take better care of them than you took care of us when we were living at your house. And it might be, that might be true. And it might be true for you. If you make a connection with a plant, uh, if, if you talk to them, I guess that's one way to be more in community with your plant. But psychologically, you will probably take better care of it. You will probably, uh, care, just generally care more for that particular plant. Well, the next section of this Washington Post article says that plants don't judge. Uh, It continues, regardless of whether talking to the plants helps them, it does help us as human beings. Does it help us as human beings? Question mark. In that same 2022 trees.com survey we talked about, 62% of the participants who reported chatting to their plants said that they did so because it helped their own mental health. Now, they may have been onto something because plenty of research shows that taking care of plants is beneficial to our well-being. For instance, in Hort Science, which is a sort of an academic journal for horticulture, uh, one study they did in 2018 found that transplanting plants reduced humans, the gardeners, mental stress and anxiety in particularly young adults. And regularly spending an hour gardening has been found to improve mood, 
and reduce stress among healthy women, according to a study in 2022, just last year, uh, in an issue of PLOS plus, plus One. So there we see some studies where the real benefit may not be for the plants. Talking to the plants may not be uh, super beneficial, or they may have some increased growth. Playing those sound waves may increase their growth. But now we're going to look at the other side of the coin and realize that gardening, and folks, there is some really good research uh, that we studied at University of Georgia showing how when people surround themselves with plants, even whether they are growing them themselves or not, for instance, there was a study done, uh, I don't remember the time period, not too long ago, because I learned about it when I was in college uh, about 12 years ago or so, and that study showed that if you went into um, housing, Uh, for, say, low-income housing, and you planted beautiful landscapes. When you have a development, the last thing people want to spend money on is the landscape, okay? We want our kitchens to look nice. We want our our bedrooms to look nice. But, you know, the low end of the budget, that's for the landscape. But if you spent some money and increased beautiful landscapes, beautiful plants, flowering things, maybe textural things, things that have good fragrance... That study showed that the, the inhabitants or the, uh, what do they call them, the tenants? The tenants of that low-income housing, they were more productive. They wanted to, to uh, do better. They, they were encouraged more than folks who lived in housing that did not have great landscapes. But now we see today that doing the transplanting of plants Doing the gardening tasks can help reduce mental stress and anxiety. And then, of course, improve mood and uh, reduce the stress, like we've said. Now, here's a quote. Uh, this is sort of a, sort of a, a piece of information uh, that comes from one individual. Uh, Stephen Bacour of Louisville, Texas, says that he and his wife, Megan, regularly talk to their plants. He says, taking care of plants and interacting with them can be a mindful and a calming practice, and talking to them enhances this experience. Now, he is the founder and owner of Rhythm of the Home, which is a home improvement website. He continues in saying, um, in addition, talking to plants can help us practice gratitude and appreciation. So, of course, that quote there is not necessarily scientific information. Uh, It's anecdotal. It comes from one individual and his experience. But you probably have noticed, experienced that too. I know that if I get to spend a day in the garden, spend a day in the landscape, if I get to, yes, digging holes is work, uh, and your body becomes physically tired, but don't you feel a bit uplifted even? I mean, I always get a surge of enthusiasm after I've dug the hole, after I've put the plant in the ground, after I've mulched on top, and I get to step back away from the work and look at it. That plant that wasn't a pot is now in my garden, in my place. And I can enjoy it for many years to come. I hope that you have experienced that too. There's great connections in gardening, um, reducing our mental health, our physical well-being. Let's continue with a little more in the uh, article here. While there isn't published research on whether talking to plants is therapeutic for people, there are plausible reasons it might be, experts say. For one thing, it may come to us naturally. As humans, we often speak to what we're caring for. It's built in. We've already talked about that. That actually, Patricia uh, Hasbach 
is a psychotherapist with Northwest Ecotherapy in Eugene, Oregon. She says this, um, and she says it helps us to be more present or mindful. Now, for another thing, it can be a way of expressing thoughts and feelings out loud in an effort to make sense of them. Um, Kenneth R. Yeager is a social worker and director of the Stress, Trauma, and Resilience Program at Ohio State University. He says, I think of talking to plants as a way of talking to ourselves. That's interesting. He says, as we're talking to our plants, we're talking to ourselves and formalizing our thought process. So in other words, talking to the flora in your home can be a way of tuning into the ways you talk to yourself a.k.a. your self-talk. I've never heard that term before till this article. And also exploring how you're thinking about something. Uh, he continues to say, putting our thoughts and feelings into words is somewhat therapeutic. I think that that's a good statement to make because when you are talking to your plants, you really aren't having a conversation with the plant. You're having a conversation with yourself. So maybe talking to the plants is a way to sort of talk to ourselves. I'm going to have to look more into that uh, term self-talk to see exactly what that is. But I think I get the, the general uh, idea of it, that talking to yourself can be therapeutic. And, you know, plenty of people go to counselors and therapists and psychologists and whatnot, and they talk. And that is probably self-talk because those people usually just sit back and let you run the show. So you can hear yourself thinking about how you feel, thinking about what you Maybe we could save a little bit of money, you know, um, there's that, that old saying that uh, gardening is cheaper than therapy, right? Gardening is cheaper than therapy, and you get tomatoes. So maybe we could save a little bit on therapy bills if we just garden more, if we just talk to our plants a little bit more. All right, here's the conclusion of this article, because I do want to have some time uh, to, to introduce you to something that I was just recently introduced to in this research do plants make sounds? Do plants make music? Can they make music? We're going to talk about that in a second. But back to the article. Talking to your plants is also a relatively low-risk proposition. That's true. Uh, Elizabeth Deal, Director of Therapeutic Horticulture at the Wilmot, Wilmot Botanical Gardens College of Medicine at the University of Florida. Long, long name for that uh, organization. But she says, you might not want to do it in front of someone else, all right? That's true. You don't want to look like a crazy person. Um, but when you talk to your plants, they are quite literally a captive audience. She continues, plants don't judge. You can be who you want to be and say what you want to say, and they're happy just for you to be taking care of them. I thought that was one of the best little quotes there to conclude that article with. That whether our talking to plants helps them uh, or whether our talking to plants helps us, whatever you say to them, they are not going to tell somebody else. Um, whoever you want to be with them, they don't really care. They don't judge. But they're just happy for you to be taking care of them. They do. Plants do respond when we take care of them. We know that. They give us those beautiful petals and flowers and fragrances and fruits and beautiful foliage to look at. So if talking to a plant makes us closer to the plant so that we feel um, more related to it, like we're in community with it, we're going to take care of it better, no matter what the reasoning is for how this happens, the reality is, is that if we're taking better care of our plants, if we're showing them attention, then they'll be giving us something in return. Plants don't talk, right? 
plants don't talk back at least. But there is this interesting thing that I have found. It's called Plant Wave, and it's a new device. Just like always, there's always a new device, right? And this new device called Plant Wave sort of gives us an insight into whether plants make sounds and if they can make music. It's strange, it's weird, just like all this discussion, but when we get back, we're going to talk about the music that plants maybe make. Hang on tight, gang. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. (laughs) At Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together. Well, gang, this morning on New Southern Garden, or today on New Southern Garden, if you're listening to our repeat program in the evening, or if you're listening to us uh, online on the podcast, today we are talking about some strange things. Do plants respond to us when we talk to them? Do you talk to your plants? I'm really, looking back, thinking of it, I rarely maybe talk to plants. I don't make it a habit. But research does show that certain sounds, uh, the presence of sounds while plants are growing, can change their growth, can increase the number of leaves, can make them taller, can make them generally look healthier. Um, So there is some good science. But of course, what we discovered, uh, if you're just joining us, is that probably the main benefit of us talking to plants is not for them, but for us. (laughs) Because talking to them is sort of like therapy. I think just gardening in general is therapy, whether you're talking or not. But regardless, uh, I did promise you that after the break, we would get to this device, this new technology. Uh, It's called Plant Wave. It's called Plant Wave. And this is interesting. Um, I've got a little video here, but uh, so you can listen to uh, the individual who developed this. And uh, he he walks around and uh, uses this device on plants. But let me describe what it is. So it's a device that has two little electrodes and you clip them onto a plant's leaves and those electrodes are able to um, find the the electrical waves, I suppose it is, uh, that the plant is undergoing. Um, Now, what they do with that information is through software, they connect those certain waves that they've found to certain sounds, certain melodies and whatnot. It's, it is strange. I told you this whole day is going to be strange. But so the developers of this, they're musicians, they're scientists, they're um, you know, computer people as well, something that I know very little about, uh, essentially nothing. But uh, they have essentially transferred the waves that are moving, electrical uh, circuitry that's moving through a, a plant, the 
conduity, connectivity. It sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about. And they're turning that into, through computer software, into a sound wave that you and I can hear. So, of course, they've sort of set up sounds and certain pitches with certain waves and whatnot. But it is interesting. So it's not like you can put your ear up against a leaf and hear sounds. But they are transferring what plants are doing and actually uh, putting that through a speaker. So listen to this video, and I'll try to describe certain things. But he's going around with this device, clipping it on to certain plants. And, of course, there's the speaker. And you will hear the notes and the melodies that are created by these plants. We are going to listen to this vine sing right now. Let's hear it play some music. So he's clipped it onto another plant in that shot, and another one. I really enjoy listening to you. Uh, philodendron and snake plants. Any plant that inspires me uh, along the way on a hike with a beautiful view. Let's tune into the sounds played by this plant. We just attach two sensors to a plant's leaves and PlantWave detects these slight variations that are happening in plants based on them moving water around. We graph those variations as a wave, translate them into pitch, and then run those pitch messages through instruments that we design. So the result is this continuous stream of pleasing music that gives us all this sonic window into the secret life of plants. As many of you have been asking, what would a redwood tree sound like? Let's see what melodies it creates when we connect the plant wave. If a plant is really underwatered, you know, it might play just a few notes. Whereas if a plant is really healthy and thriving, it will be going through like the whole range. Looks like we have a plant here that may not have made it it's through a dead this plant here. heat. So let's <laughs> check it out. Let's see if it can make any music. Yeah. Dead plants Nothing. can't sing is what the video says. When I water the plant, let's listen. Every plant is different and every leaf is different. So here we are listening to this rubber tree. And now let's check out this pothos. Plant wave actually works with mushrooms as well. So let's check it out. So that's coming from a mushroom. With mushrooms, though, you know, the mushrooms are growing out of a dead plant. And so you're actually hearing the connection between two mushrooms through uh, a dead plant. of plant wave started back in 2011 when I started a record label called data garden and uh, it was a zero waste record label and my friends and I got together and started to think about like uh, how, how we could express this connection to nature with music and uh, we became really interested in like biofeedback music I have an awesome engineer friend who built the hardware that ended up becoming plant wave and I designed a generative music algorithm that uh, 
takes all of this data from the plants and actually makes it into this beautiful, listenable, harmonious music. Okay, I'm testing one of these new prototypes and uh, I'm testing this 8 inch MIDI connector here, which is cool. We had four different plants, and each plant was playing a different instrument. Thousands of people came through this space and were able to just chill out listening to plants. And I was really amazed by people's response. It's acting as a bridge for people from their phones back into nature and uh, helping people have a deeper relationship with their plants. So, gang, there you have it. This is an interesting little device that, of course, is sort of steeped in science of, of some kind, right? We've got computer science going on. Of course, there's some biology that's sort of involved. But I think when it all comes down to it, uh, that device was debuted at uh, the Philadelphia Museum of Art. And it is. It's art, in a way. Of course, plants don't make audible sounds we can hear. But uh, the idea of this plant wave device is that they are sensing biorhythms, biological rhythms that are happening in the plant, and then converting that into music. But you heard, of course, them say that they uh, were the musicians, right? They did the uh, engineering of the sound, what instruments are used, but all of that is played through the algorithm that's also been developed uh, to sense what's going on in a plant. It's very strange. So that's called plant wave. It's a very unique, that's for sure, uh, device, something new. There's always some new device coming out uh, these days. And it's kind of cool that it's actually a device that's intended to work with plants and, and, and gardening. Uh, I don't know. You kind of have to take all of this information today for what it's worth. I know it's sort of been a weird day. Uh, it's been strange discussions about talking to plants and do plants talk back to us? Do they make music? Take it for what it's worth. Take it for what you think it as. But I don't think you should feel ashamed. If you go into your garden, talk to your plants or go to your house plants and give them a little pat on the back and give them some good discussion. They're therapy for us. So for uh, News on the Garden and WRWH 93.9 FM, my name's Nathan Wilson, and I hope you stay well and grow well. Now get talking to some plants. <laughs> give it a go. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show.